I'm a divorced single dad, father of five kids. It can be tough raising kids today. Believe me, there are high times and low times. It comes from the territory. But in all my years of parenting, I try to give some good advice. Advice to those parents who are out there willing to listen. My name is Price Man Ray, and welcome to my show. Today we're going to be talking about the firstborn. But first, I want to congratulate all the new parents out there. Boy, are you in for the time of your life. This is an exciting time and a great adventure, so cherish every moment. Now on with the show. That's right. Today, we're going to be talking about the firstborn. I mean, we're all going to have children, hopefully. I mean, whether they're pets, whether they're our little offsprings. So when I say we're going to talk about the firstborn, that's what the show's about, being a parent. So for me, let's wind back the clock to a simpler time. I remember long, long ago, before my kids were born, it was when I met my wife. I was working at a bank. And I was talking to the customers and this and that and getting my work done. But I met her and something about her said, you know what, you should ask her out. But I guess she beat me to it because she asked me out. So she worked at the mall too. We dated for a few years. We wanted to have a child. I remember when we went to the doctor, and the doctor said, yes, Kim is pregnant. You are going to be a dad. Oh, my goodness, the shock of something new and different. I didn't know how to feel. I think my legs almost collapsed. Good thing I was sitting down. I looked at Kim, my wife, and I said, we're going to be parents. It's actually going to happen. But I was totally scared. This I was because it's something new, something brand new. I mean, nobody knows what it's like to be a parent until you become one. But I was excited because I knew my life was going to change and I was going to be in charge of a tiny little baby and steer her into lifehood. So one of the things I did via, I was afraid that I might fail. I was afraid that I might not be the best I could be. Because after all, this was the first point. And let's face it, there's no books, no real books on how to be a parent, how to raise a child. I mean, you can get advice from everybody. And that's why I have the show. So you can take a little bit of advice from everybody. I mean, there's not one book that says this is the 100% way to raise a kid. No, you have to basically pick and choose what is right for you. Some people might say, I raised my kid this way, and this way was perfect. Somebody else might raise the kid the same way, and it might be different, but you have to remember, too, all kids are different. Now, like I said, there's no books, no real books that's 100% proof to say this is how you raise a child. So you have to draw on your own experiences, your experiences you had as a child when you watched your parents. Do you agree with how your parents raised you? Do you agree that, for example, I was a strict parent? Do you think you should be as strict? Or should you let go of the reins? It's all debatable. All debatable. It's it's how you see it. How you feel what might work for you. But let's face it, I hope we all have common sense. (laughs) I mean, they say it's common. But is common sense really common? If common sense was that common, everybody would have it. Let's face it. 
Anyways, I remember seeing the baby grow inside my wife at the time. My wife's belly would get bigger and bigger, and we took pictures so we could keep track of each stage of the pregnancy. I remember the first time the baby kicked. My wife said, Hey, the baby kicked. You want to feel it? Oh, I've never felt anything like that. You could see the foot sometimes just trying to kick its way out of the belly. It was amazing. I had never seen anything like that in my life. And I remember the sonogram when I could actually see the form of the baby. And it was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I would go home and I'd have dreams of, I wonder what this baby's going to look like. We didn't know if it was a boy or a girl. All we knew was it was a baby. We wanted to have a baby. We wanted to love a baby. We wanted to give the baby the best. When she was pregnant, my wife, we went to Lamaze class. And I mean, Lamaze class was amazing because you are with other brand new parents who are on this journey with you. And you're all wondering, what do we do? What can we expect? And Lamaze class was great. It brought us closer and we got to make new friends. That's right, new friends in the Lamaze class because we're all going on the same journey. The journey to be the best parents that we can be. When we were about to have the baby, I mean, you get these things called false labors. And oh my goodness, we were back and forth to the hospital. But when the big day came, I'll tell you, I wasn't that nervous. No, no, not at all. <laughs> because this is something I had wanted my whole life. I remember as a child, I remember in second or first grade, I said, I can't wait to be a daddy one day. And I mean, I was just a little kid. I didn't know what to expect, but I knew by watching my parents, I said, I think I could do this. It's almost like a job. <laughs> but that being a parent is a lifetime job. But you know, when the baby was born, my firstborn I'm talking about, when she was just about to come out, that feeling of nervousness overshadowed me. I was very nervous. I said, this is it. It was better than opening up a present at Christmas. I didn't know what to expect. Was it a boy? Was it a girl? I had no idea. But when the baby came out, finally, because she had some complications, I cried. Oh, I cried like a river. I was so overjoyed with emotions. I couldn't believe it. I tried to kiss the baby, but of course they said you have to cut the cord. <laughs> I remember cutting the cord. Oh, taking pictures. It was amazing. And when they weighed my baby, she was a girl. I'll never forget how fragile and tiny she looked. They had to clean her up. It's amazing having a baby. Babies are truly one of the biggest miracles in life. So when we took baby Maya, that's what we called her, Mayasin, when we took baby Mayasin home, like all parents, you know, you don't know what to do. It's like the first night. What do you do? Are you up every hour? Are you up every minute? Do you have the baby sleep with you? You don't want to crush the baby just in case you roll over on her? 
But we had the baby's room all set up. And I think we were in there probably every 20 minutes, just running in there, making sure the baby's okay. Because we didn't want anything to happen to her. But I'll tell you, I had worked third shift. And like I said, I had wanted to be a parent since a little child. At the time, I worked third shift in a factory. So when I came home, about 12 o'clock at night, I'd hold the baby, I'd rock the baby to sleep, and then I'd put the baby to bed. And I used to stand over the baby's crib and just talk to her. Talk to my little baby, Maya. I hope you're proud of me one day. I hope I make you happy. Hope you grow up to be a nice, big, strong, healthy little girl. And I hope you're happy. And I hope you know you're loved. So working third shift, it was okay. The baby would sleep during the day. And I would get some sleep. But I remember as the baby got older, she started to walk. Oh, walking and crawling. Those those were the days where you really have to watch the baby. I remember when I got home, I would put cereal and food in the bedroom. And I'd sleep on the bed, and I'd have all the toys on the floor for, for baby Maya. I remember one time I fell asleep. And when I woke up, it was pretty quiet. I'm wondering what she's doing. I had this... Nice big, they call them, call it a boom box. I had got this boom box for a graduation present in high school. Um, it was a present to myself. I remember it was about $350. A Panasonic double-decker boom box. <laughs> I had wanted this thing for years, and I took care of it. Detachable speakers, it was awesome. When I woke up, baby Maya was pouring her cereal into the tape deck (laughs) I can laugh now at the time I wasn't too happy I wasn't yelling because I never yelled at my kids I sort of blamed myself I said oh I should have taken this out of the room or something but that's what kids do you have to accept that when kids kids don't know any better I had to throw the tape deck out my one of my favorite favorite prize and joys on up until my baby because I said Baby Maya is more important. But this is what I mean when you have to watch the child. And I remember also after that, I would take her in her room. When I got home from work, I'd give her the cereal, I'd give her some food. And I would go in her room and I would sleep by the bedroom door. I'd sleep a few hours while she sits in her room and she plays. I didn't have a TV in there. I think I had a radio. TV was in the other room. I mean, after that serial incident, <laughs> I didn't want to take any chances. <laughs> Not at all. But when I woke up a few hours later, I would take her out to the park. We'd play on the swings. I'd, I'd let her run around the fields. But, you know, having a firstborn, it, it's an amazing thing. Because when you go on vacations, took her to the beach, it's not just you, your girlfriend, or your wife anymore. It's a family. And I remember we had a wagon, bought a little wagon. And I'd pull that wagon all up and down the beach as the proud daddy puffing my chest out in my head saying, look at me, I'm a daddy and this is my baby. And we're at the beach and we're going to have a great time. It was great and it was fun. 
and we take a lot of pictures. I tell people you have to take a lot of pictures. I remember when she first went to kindergarten. The first time she was away from me, I cried like a baby when I went home. Seeing her for the first time away from me, because I mean, for the first few years, she was with me every minute. She's my little buddy. So when I don't get to see her and she's somewhere else, you know, that umbilical cord, this time, had to be cut. And I had to trust she was in good hands. She was at school. Someone now was going to take care of her. Someone now was going to give her her lunch, was going to occupy her time, was going to teach her. And through the years, you'll see your child grow. That's right, your first child. They'll grow in their high school years. And I can tell you, you will want time to stop because now they're growing into their independence. They're starting to think for themselves. You'll tell them to do something, they'll probably do the opposite. They don't understand why, because let's face it, a child's mind is still forming. But you still want to be there and you want to explain. Hopefully, hopefully they'll listen. In high school years, I'm going to tell you, can be tough. Can be very tough. But I remember many things with my oldest child, my firstborn. I remember taking her to cheerleading and sports. I remember watching how proud she was, and I remember crying, oh, crying when she got little trophies. My daughter was lucky enough to go to college, and she went to UMass, Amherst. And I'll tell you, when I dropped her off, I cried. Because I knew now, another umbilical cord, another part of those many cords you have with your child was going to be severed. She was going to be off on her own. She was growing up. Growing up into a young woman, finding her independence, finding her foothold in life. And that's what kids do. They're, they're going to find their foothold. That's what they're going to do. And with that foothold now, my daughter, she moved to California. That's a big umbilical cord to cut. She's off on her own. 24, 25 years old. (laughs) Her age in those years doesn't really matter because you don't see your child as a 24, 25 year old. You still see him as a little baby. As a little baby you held those many years ago. Well, when she left, I took videos. And me and her siblings, we said our goodbyes. And we had a great day. Went out to the mall, did some shopping, made some final memories. But to look at her and see how she has grown through the years, from the tiny baby I used to hold in my hand to the woman who can walk on her own in adult shoes is amazing. You never forget being a parent. When you're a parent, you love your child. You always want what's best for them. You want them to know you love them. You want them to know they love you. And you want to have that bond, the bond that connects you to them. The bond that says, I love you. You can always count on me. I'll always be there for you because I'm your parent. With all that said, when I saw my daughter leave the car, 
at the airport when I dropped her off for California. For the last time, my heart sank. I stared as she was walking further and further from me towards the airport door. With every step that she took, I could see her when she was in the cradle, then crawling and walking. Now as I see her for the last time, I wanted to burn that image of her in my brain so I would never forget, never forget how much my little ladybug has enriched the quality of my life. I felt so selfish, but I had to realize this was her time. This was her time to fly out into the world and soar to great heights. I remember when I cried when she was born. I cried when she was sad. I cried when she was happy. And I cried when she left. I wonder as a parent, will it ever stop? I guess the answer is no. I want to thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new podcast is posted. Rate and review this podcast and share it with your family and friends. I hope that you're leaving with something great to make you think. Remember this one last piece of advice. Tomorrow is never promised, so don't go to bed angry at your child or anyone you love. And before you go to bed tonight, hug your child and tell them, I will love you forever, Dad. See you next time here on Forever Dad.